0: In today's political and cultural climate, people seem to be more divided than ever. Who did you vote for? What political party do you belong to, liberal or conservative? Do you wear a mask or not? So what's a Christian supposed to do? And furthermore, why should they even care? In this episode, we attempt to take a biblical look at what the appropriate biblical response of a Christian looks like during the uncertainty and chaos all around us.
1: Well, hello there and welcome to another episode of the All of Life show. I'm one of your hosts, Stuart White, along with my wife, Alicia White. And babe, how are we doing today?
0: Oh, wow, that's a heavy question. <laughs> Not normally, but I don't know, this has been a super rough week. I feel like right now in this present moment, I'm doing okay because I just ate some crackers and hummus. Mm -hmm. And really, that is my gauge right now.
1: We we ate them into the microphone, (laughs) too. We
0: did. (laughs) We did. It was a little awkward. But um, yeah, I don't know, babe. We can check in really quick. Uh, I feel like my emotions have been all over this week with the things that have been going on, especially the riots at the Capitol and um, stuff going on in in, um, the social media worlds. How about you?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm right there with you. Um, you know, we've been talking about this a bit already, so we know, but we're sharing it with you guys. Like, our hearts have been aching, and the way that uh, the world just tries to burn itself down. You know, uh, even movements or things where people in their own mind are are very convinced of the righteousness of their cause or what their um, beliefs are, they often result in them collapsing in on themselves you know Mm -hmm. and you end up with things like we saw the other day and you know there's there's a lot of speculation and um, allegations and news and different theories and and whatever else you you can think of you can probably find somebody out there who's telling you a story and it may be true and it may not be true but in general our world doesn't really check facts. In fact, who needs to anymore, right? You have, (laughs) you have social media that does that for you, right? (laughs) Yeah. So our hearts have been heavy because we've seen the, just the atrocious things that happened at the Capitol. And, you know, our position is what, what happened in the, um, the rioting that actually broke out was, was just wrong. It was, Mm -hmm. it was bad. Anytime that rioting happens like and the, the difference in case you don't know a riot is different than a protest a protest in in our rights is protected we have the right to peaceably assemble we have the right to to protest something but that ends when you begin to destroy personal property
0: yeah. anything that crosses over into a violent category yeah. is no longer a no. peaceful protest obviously yeah
1: and i should say personal or public property mm-hmm. in anything or you harm uh, or intend to do harm to others it's it's in the same way in a in a fight or an argument. When you begin to just yell and cuss at the other person, or or swing and punch, your argument has fallen apart. You are now just set on destruction. And I think that's something that we saw the other day. And I think it's it's no um, secret, uh, perhaps, but but maybe it is that we ourselves hold to probably what would be considered a lot more of like a conservative um, political. Position, as a lot of Christians do, and I know there are Christians out there, and some of you probably listen that that have what you would say are more on a, a liberal side, and you you maybe have your reasons for coming to those conclusions, and we could, in I think, good faith, have conversation and have debate about those things, but the the political climate and our cultural climate at this moment is so heated, and there are so many people who just want to cast blame. And they just want to point fingers. And, you know, we've seen it this week. We've seen the president have his Twitter uh, account removed. We've seen other media and social media accounts removed. Twitter is uh, allegedly removing tens of thousands and possibly hundreds of thousands of people's accounts for, quote unquote, violating their terms of service. Uh, and oddly enough, most of them seem to be accounts that are following conservative accounts and probably posting or sharing things, resharing things from those accounts. Uh, I think the highest number I saw, and I forget who it was on Twitter, but they said that they had lost uh, 70,000 followers in about 24 hours. And these aren't people unfollowing them because of their unpopular views. Mm -hmm. These are people just disappearing altogether. I've heard reporters, not not you know activists or or anything like that, but they may report for a conservative channel. They had their account shut down, and they hadn't done anything except actually report. They were on site at the Capitol,
0: and some even put on the no fly list.
1: Some were put on the no fly list, and again, you know, you could say, "Well, how do you know?" And I could say, also, say back to you, "How do you not?" Uh, so, either we're at the point where. You can take somebody's word on their what has happened because what what is the cultural thing right now but to talk about speak your truth mm-hmm. and we're supposed to embrace that and we're supposed to just accept whatever they say and really what it means is you have to believe me even if I'm lying. That's what speak your truth means. And really it's actually being done as a way to strong-arm people out of the truth. And we as Christians believe that there is one real truth and that is Jesus Christ. The word of God is truth. Jesus in praying for his disciples, he says, he's he says, Father, sanctify them in the truth. And he says, Your word is truth. To be sanctified, it means to be set apart. It's it's related to our word holy. You know, it you are different. You are set apart. You are for a a, a certain purpose. And in our case, we are set apart for redemption. We're set apart for salvation, but we're also set apart for righteousness and truth. And the word of God is truth. Jesus in scripture is referred to in in John as the word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The, The plain reading of the text is saying Jesus has always been, and Jesus is the embodiment of the very word of God, and all things came into being by him. My point is this. What we really have seen is an abandonment of truth, and we want to talk today about a few points as to what's a Christian supposed to do in this environment, you know, because um, people, both Christian and non, they're more divided than ever on what were once commonly held in generally uncontroversial positions. Uh, it doesn't mean that everybody agreed on them, but they were more openly accepted. Now, some will say that those positions were accepted because people were more ignorant and they believe, you know, religion is, is um, basically, you know, as Marx uh, put it, it's the opiate of the masses, um, meaning it's for stupid people, really. It's mm-hmm. to, to numb us and dull our senses. That could be true of some religions, maybe, but it actually is the opposite, I believe, in Christianity.
0: There, you're right babe there has been and I've noticed this there has been over the last generation or so and maybe even before that a slowly a slow watering down of the truth and I know for me it, it I've even fallen into that where I hear something maybe in mainstream media or on social media um, or even an idea or concept and something on the inside of me feels like oh I I don't, I can't really put my finger on it, but something doesn't feel right about that. But then I hear that idea over and over and over, and I see many, many people subscribing to that idea. And then all of a sudden, slowly but surely, I get accustomed to that idea, and then I accept it as normal. Right. Would you say that is most likely a problem that has been going on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that if you have a, a Christian worldview, then something that is a biblical part, that is a doctrinal part of that worldview is the belief that, it, as Scripture says, our, our, we do not simply wrestle or fight against flesh and blood. We, that is not our battle. We don't battle against flesh and blood, at least not primarily, uh, but it, against principalities and powers, that there's a spiritual element behind all of this. And we believe that there are there's Satan, and there's uh, demons, and they are real, and they are at work. What they look like, all the things that we we assume probably are completely wrong, you know, based on it's mostly informed by Hollywood and other things, but these elements are at work. And so if you want to get all kooky into conspiracy theories and stuff, the ultimate grand conspiracy is that Satan has conspired against God. Now he is not as powerful as God. He is not equal to God. He is not omnipotent or omnipresent or um, omniscient, omniscient. He, he, meaning he doesn't know everything. But he is very old. He has been around a long time. He is different. You know, Scripture talks about him as a fallen angel. And and we actually talked to uh, the pastor at our church talked about this today, Lauren, who's been on the show before. Um, so he has had a lot of time to learn and to perfect what it is that he uh, is trying to do in the world today there is a spiritual element behind all of this he's the ruler of the air the ruler of this age he's at work to cause division and confusion and um, and take away our freedom and our liberty even paul understood this that uh, in galatians uh, he talks to people who were going back to the law and essentially they were giving up Christ and they were they were compromising on truth and on doctrine and that he he calls them out and he's like don't don't give up your your freedom you know it's for freedom that Christ set you free stand firm you see there's this spiritual principle of freedom and liberty that is very important that god puts a tremendous emphasis and value on and yes it's it is speaking first and foremost of our spiritual freedom and our spiritual liberty but from those things we should also see that everything else flows down from them they are not separate from personal freedom personal liberty those principles also being true in our life so yes we we have seen christians they started to acquiesce to thinking to philosophies to false teachings and doctrines that are just unsound they are devoid of biblical truth But it's been very, very subtle and sneaky.
0: Because the message that you you never hear the message. (laughs) You gave an example while we were preparing, babe, but um, of the, you know, the child that's at the park and they get approached by this man, the stranger, this stranger yeah. and who's got, you know, a box full of puppies and, and a jar full of candy and says, come with me and you can have a puppy and candies. <laughs> and the child thinks, oh, well, there's nothing wrong with puppies and I really like candy, but there is something behind it that they don't see. Yeah. And, and so the message is never presented in the destructive form that it, that it yeah. ends up being, it's always packaged with a nice pretty bow. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and a lot of times like Even people who don't have the knowledge, even some kids, they'll be like, something's not right here. That can be discernment, that can be the spirit, but even people who may not be Christians or whatever, they can have a moment of, because they're made in the image of God, they have a clarity that is trying to cut through the noise and tell them, hold on, something's not right here. Something, Something is off. But we have a world right now where... I, I firmly believe, and we've been talking about this a lot, you and you and I have, there is sections in Scripture, in Romans, it talks about um, that the people professing to be wise, they exchanged the truth for the lie. They exchanged the worship of the Creator for the worship of the creation. They They went on to practice all sorts of devious sexual behaviors. They suppressed the truth in unrighteousness. In Isaiah, it talks about... Uh, Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. Uh, Scripture also goes on to talk about uh, in the last days that men will be lovers of self, that they will be lovers of money, that they will do evil acts, that children will be disobedient to parents. And, you know, in some ways, those things have always been going on, but it almost seems to have this emphasis on, yeah, they're going to double down on Mm -hmm. that. It's going to get worse. It's going to be tripled down, in fact. And I think that we're seeing a lot more of that. And something... We wanted to discuss here was like how did we even get here, and and what is a Christian supposed to do? Because now I think because of the infiltration of philosophy and culture that is counter to biblical truth, there are a lot of very confused Christians. There are very progressive Christians, very who have very liberal. Uh, leanings in, and I'm not talking politically primarily, I'm actually saying the, the way they handle scripture, they take a lot of license and, mm-hmm. and freedom in ways that a faithful handling of scripture, you you wouldn't do those things. It,
0: and even the title there, Progressive Christianity, even that sounds so yeah. great. Like who doesn't want to be progressive? Right. But but because they're never gonna come out yeah. and just say, oh, walking away from the truth slowly, Christian. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> yeah. that's what it is.
1: Yeah. Well, and that that's it, is the ways that people get tricked into these things and conned into them is a lack of discernment, a lack of challenging people on, well, what do you mean by that? Let's define our terms. There's a lot of confused people because of these things, because people lack wisdom and discernment. So one of the things that will happen in that is they will use a word like, well, progressive, well, Who wouldn't want to have progress? How are you not for progress? Uh, but they never really define what are we actually progressing toward. What, what is the goal? Like, lemmings run off a cliff. You could say they're all progressing towards something, but that is not good. Human beings, apart from God, we have this tendency always to progress toward more and more evil. In fact, it is the preserving influence of the Holy Spirit and, and the sheer grace of God allowing us to have that remnant of being created in the image of God that keeps us safe to an extent that even though we are not saved yet, in fact, we we still have this piece of us that is like we, we have a discernment of good and evil. We have uh, a knowledge of right and wrong even before being taught often, and it's not because we are so good, but it's actually a grace that God gives that to us. It would be like a common grace thing to all of us. One of the things that I wanted to bring up, Francis Schaefer. Was a theologian, and he had written several books, and one of them, I remember reading this book when I was, like, I don't know, in high school or something along those lines, and I don't even remember why. I think we just happened to have it, and one day I was bored and picked it up and started reading it.
0: I'm sorry, how old were you?
1: I don't know, like... 15, something like that. And and it's it was actually... I'm trying to
0: remember what I was doing yeah. at 15 and it definitely wasn't yeah. reading books called Escape from Reason. Right.
1: Well, I, and I remember reading it and being like, I don't understand a lot of this. I, I, But I, I could get like the overall picture of what he was saying. And since then, though, it's actually given me a lot of ways of informing the way I'm thinking about things. And so he kind of reconstructs this whole path that we've gone on and he uses a lot of art and culture to show this, um, as we have, have left truth, biblical truth, we have escaped. So as the title says, from reason, like the ability to be reasonable and we become more like the animals. And you see that in our world today. And I think that one of the ways that that has, um, has caused greater chaos is we have had, as we, as we talked a little bit earlier, a divorce of religion. You know, it's been, it's been sidelined sort of faith in particular Christianity from the culture. It's viewed now as sort of a, a myth or um, a fairy tale, just like any other fairy tale, Santa or, or whatever, just as crazy as any other wiggity whack religion that's out there. And People think that yeah, it's just not scientific. Uh, kids are being being taught earlier and earlier that like you know a true true point of measure of success is as you distance yourself more and more from religion and all those fairy tales that you were told as a child and now you'll truly be free it's it's really a, again you know we we like to go back to the garden is is a great example but it's like satan telling them oh no no you won't die when you eat the apple you'll know the truth you'll you'll be able to see the truth and and you'll be like god and they believed it and so that's kind of the same lie just repackaged in a much fancier wrapper perhaps a much more complicated one but As a consequence of that, Christians have become segmented in the way that we live our lives. We separate our religious life from our worldly life. Those are two different compartments. And we end up having like, well, these are the religious things I believe, but they don't actually inform anything in your life, really. You know, I'm a Sunday Christian, you know, you've heard it called that. We end up with a world where more of us are afraid to get into politics. If you're more committed to your faith, well, then you probably won't get into politics because that's the world. We, we segment things into the sacred and the secular, and we our aim is only the sacred. It's much like the monastic stuff, the monks. We go off into the mountains, and we really seek God, and we separate ourselves from all things that are worldly and fleshly, and um, those are just lusts and they keep us from God. Uh, Rather than seeing actually before the fall, all those things existed and God created them and he called them very good. He actually called man very good. Mm. He saw that we were very good.
0: The modern day application of this would be something that I have actually said recently, which is convicting, but Like I'm going to hunker down, love my family, teach my children well, teach them the truth. And, um, and that's my little sphere of influence. And I'm going to do, I'm going to be faithful with that. And if we all just did that, then we would all, you know, whatever, everything would be better. And, and over the past few days of marinating on that, just thinking, no, actually, as as good as that sounds it honestly is just a cop out for me because mm-hmm. it's easy for me to love my family it's easy for me to speak truth to my children and but if that's all we ever did then what about the people who don't know the truth who are teaching other things to their children or who are believing lies themselves and we if we only keep our sphere of influence in our little in our little bubbles of our families then the truth doesn't spread and that's part of the problem of what's happening today is that the people who are speaking louder are the people who are speaking lies and the people, who, and they
1: might even believe them to be true. Yeah, that's the thing: is no no lie is more convincing than the one who believes it who's themselves, as they're declaring it. My you know?
0: assumption is not that people, that every single person talking right now, on social media or mainstream media, has evil intent. I don't think that at all. I think even some of them, um, most of them, probably have very good intent. Just because someone has a good intention doesn't make them right.
1: Yeah, well, and and those who have bad intentions justify those things because they have believed certain things that they're, that justify their hatred of political parties, of political, uh, you know, people, and they decide that that is worthy of being destroyed. You know, I'm going to use an example, and some may agree and may disagree, and you're fine, and if you want to write in and make your case respectfully, you can, but uh, Donald Trump has been, for the last four years, He has been characterized as literally Hitler, and Hitler uh, is credited with saying, if you repeat a lie long enough and loud enough, eventually people believe it. Well, that has been, I believe, the um, idea behind that entire tactic. We just keep saying it, and we get enough people in in our court who believe it, uh, then we can do anything we want. Now... Regardless of your feelings on Trump, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not the biggest fan of of the man. I don't think that he is a, a godly man. I don't think he's necessarily a man of character, but it's sort of like going to your doctor who may be having an affair, but he's also your brain surgeon. And you say, I'm sorry, I can't have you work on my brain because I don't like your character. Um, I do believe that that Trump was uh, put in place by God as as every leader as kings are raised up by the Lord, it says. Um, but I also view him as more of a judge like in the book of Judges, where they are deeply flawed people, but God raises them up to perform a certain function and uh, deliver the people in some way, but it's always a temporary uh, thing. It doesn't last. and they usually fade off into the sunset or die, you know, at the end of the story. Samson being one of those, you know, and humbled at the end. <laughs> point being the way that these things go on is you've been telling people for this length of time that this particular person is literally, you know, Hitler. He's, he's practically Satan that he's, he's doing all these things, whether he actually has done them or not. And again, I know this goes both ways. I know that Mm -hmm. people can do this with both sides. And so I'm not trying to just take a side, but this has been my observation in, in what I've seen. And now it's like, it's like the world has lost their mind, and I understand in the capital situation, and I understand how Trump, not uh, conceding in his um, defeat, whether there was fraud or not, it it's like well, it you couldn't make the case, you couldn't prove it, but he he kind of kept going, he mm-hmm. kept pushing to um, make uh, like he never ended his campaign, he just kept campaigning really mm-hmm. and winning people over. And there are a lot of people like you, you want to say, well, all these people are crazy now. And, and, and that kind of looks where, like where a lot of this is headed that 74, 75 million people are now alienated from the rest of society. And people are going to try to pigeonhole them into, you know, you can't have this, you can't have that. It does look, and I'm not one to jump on the bandwagon of, end times, prophecy, and declare everything that's going on is proof that this is, you know, the book of Revelation in action. It could be, but I don't know. I'm not going to go so far as to say that, but things that happen in there can happen in other ways. It's the same kind of principle, like people seek power so that they can exude and exert that power over other people and put them in subjection because We are corrupt sinners who will use power for our own gain, our own uh, good, and at the expense of other people. And I see that happening right now. And I see companies doing things like shutting down accounts. And, you know, some may be justified, but I don't think all of them are. And and I would say, I would go as far as saying the majority are not. All of this to say, we have a problem here. We are have both a declaration of truth that we're supposed to do as Christians, but we've been um, sidelined as well. We can't say what is true anymore. We can't declare. And, and just thinking, if if Satan and demons are real, and I believe they are, and we believe they are, right? How clever is it to take away the very words that you can use to declare truth, to to call people to repentance from things that are sinful, to call people to uh, from darkness into light. If now you have called good evil and evil good, you've called light darkness and darkness light. You have you have flipped everything around and you've taken away the very tools that we have to to do our job. Now, the gospel will not be suppressed. They can attempt it. They, it will not be destroyed because the word of the Lord stands forever. But people will try and do it, and that's what I'm seeing. And I, for one, have... We've talked about this a lot off the show again, that I have felt so conflicted within because there are a lot of things where I want to share, and I want to do so from a biblical sound position that that i believe is right but a humble position but also not shy away from declaring the truth and more than anything i don't want to shy away from declaring the gospel but i think i've allowed myself to segment myself into thinking well i can still preach the gospel you know i may not be able to say the truth but you know being nice is still very important and so i'll i'll be kind to people and um and but slowly, but surely everything erodes and it's never enough. There's more, you know, when you, when you feed, uh, the alligator, when you feed the, the lion feeding the crocodile, hoping, uh, your friend, hoping he'll eat you last, you know, like that's, that's what we see a lot of. And I, I can't remember, that's probably not the right way to put the <laughs> the analogy, but we just have people like biting and devouring each other. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lack of love and, the part that really I have I've been wrestling with this, and this is the conclusion we we've come to, right? Christians do have a responsibility. In fact, Scripture you see in multiple places where we are, we are to seek the good of that city, you know, and that may be Old Testament concepts and principles relating to uh Jewish uh, you know people in where the time that they existed or whatever. but the truth is still there. like behind that is still a godly principle. There's a reason why God gave them that and that's because that's the right thing to do. So to seek the good wherever you are, we are to be in the world and not of the world, but I think so many have either gone to the extreme of I'm not even in the world really. I'm just here passing through and, Nothing here really matters and it's all going to burn. Or you have the people who have said, oh, I'm a Christian, but nothing in their life actually lines right. up with anything they're living.
0: <laughs> yes. Like, I mean, I've seen that on social media, especially. It's one of the reasons why I pulled away this last week. And it's just like, I'm watching some of my friends who claim to be Christians and I, I it's just a few. I wouldn't say this is the majority, but I'm watching some of my friends that claim to be Christians speaking the most hateful things because of their quote unquote political values and the things that they say about the other side is like the, why would anyone want to listen to you so there is the those two swings of there's people who claim to be christians who are being just as worldly as people who don't claim to be christians because yeah. they're clinging so hard to their their own agenda and and they're they've created their own mini war w- with the people yeah. on the other side and then like you're saying there's the people that are saying well scripture says be in the world, but not of it, and they aren't even being in the world, they are just secluding themselves. Yeah, and-
1: yeah. Well, a lot of people, a lot of Christians have fallen victim and let themselves fall victim to the tactics of shame and manipulation into holding beliefs and opinions, or they're just very immature and undiscerning and they don't know what the Bible actually says about things, or they don't care you know they got the fire insurance and they're they're just you know I'm going to heaven now I'll live like hell so there could be a lot of different reasons but the consequences live themselves out so we have in the middle of that this huge gap and where there is a void there is something is going to fill that void right yep. and so as we have named this show the all of life show it the reason is because we believe that the gospel informs every area of life. It should, and it does, but for many of us, it does not at all. And that includes our political uh, and cultural practices and everything else. The gospel has something to say about that. And you may go, well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't say that explicitly. No, it informs each of the way uh, those things have a root in something. And you know, really what we're describing is the gospel shapes our worldview. When you have a gospel worldview, you see something beyond what's directly in front of your face. You live with an eternal perspective. We talked about that on our uh, New Year's episode. We live with the end in mind. We live with eternity. We live with the glory of God in mind because all of life is lived before the face of God— uh, I believe that's Coram deo before the face of God. We we live with an awareness that God sees. He he sees what we're doing, and not like out of be careful little eyes what you see or you know what you mm-hmm. do because God's watching you. No, really, we're we're living to the glory of God. When you don't have those things, you have something else shaping your worldview. We we read something before this episode regarding the idea of worldviews and how discussing them. And trying to see your worldview can be difficult because it's a bit like trying to use your own eyes to see the lens of your eye. It's it's that transparent. It's that close to you. Often we miss it, and we don't understand what's actually shaping our opinion. And, and some don't care. That kind of creates a lot of confusion among Christians. We need to be faithful to have something that we are putting as the root, the foundational things that fundamentally inform our life. And we believe that that is the gospel of Jesus Christ and the grace of Jesus Christ and then the truth of the doctrine of Scripture, that the Word of God is true, it is living, active, powerful,
0: That's a good transition, babe. Uh, So we've, we've covered a lot of how we got where we are today and the consequences of those actions and decisions. Let's talk about the application or, um, as a Christian, when you're asking yourself, okay, I'm, I'm done, living life like I have I'm done hunkering down or I'm done speaking against the other side in a hateful manner what does the gospel tell us to do moving forward from here
1: well Jesus in his sermon on the mount you know he talks about we are salt and light he says you are the salt of the world you know and if you lose your saltiness what good are you you're going to be thrown out and trampled. the idea there is salt was used but for a lot of things, but it was a preservative. It was also a flavor. It, it enhances things like, mm-hmm. you know, almost anything. If, the, if it doesn't taste good, even ice cream, you know, we have salted caramel ice cream. It tastes amazing. So salt has that effect. And we are to be like that. We are a preserving influence because mm-hmm. the the presence of, of the church, of Christians, uh, and, and then we also season everything as we do it, um, and we bring about that, that missing element that people have where it's like, oh, there's truth. There's something salty here. But if Christians lose their salt, they become ineffective. There's not much going on. And then the other thing he, he says is you are light. You are the light of the world. Uh, a, city, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. You don't light uh, a candle. You know, back then they had that, a light. Uh, That they would light, you know, to see at night and put it under a basket. You don't cover it up. You are to be a light. And many of us have lost sight of that, or we don't even know like, what am I really supposed to do? How am I really supposed to live? We just live life as we kind of glean from the culture around us. And we are steeped in it so much we don't see it. It is that lens we can't even see. But we are to shine a light both to the world in grace. We are to be, uh, Scripture talks about in Matthew 10, 16, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, and so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. We are to have wisdom, a lot of wisdom, in fact, because what does he say? You know, you're going out in the midst, uh, a sheep in the midst of wolves. And so be innocent, but be wise, and don't be foolish. And a lot of us are fools, I've been guilty of being a fool in, in the way that I've lived, and I want to be wise because, first of all, the consequence of being a fool in the midst of wolves is you will be devoured, right? And the consequence of being out there and not being innocent or harmless, you know, is you are going to go out there and do stupid stuff like we saw at the Capitol. You're going to go out and, and begin to fight for something that is... It was right in its principle, but now you have lost your ground to stand on, the leg to stand on, because you've allowed yourselves to compromise and be no better than those that you claim that you are opposing. So that is a consequence that we see. And if Christians fail to do those two things, then we're, we're going to end up where we are. And, and another thing to that is it gives this implication, I guess you could say, from that, that the, uh, the Christian is supposed to be out there both being salt and being light, and that you can't do those things if you are hiding or if you are not those things, if you're acting in, in the opposite of what is supposed to be true of you. And I believe that that gives us a lot of leeway. We can be involved in politics, but politics is not Jesus we can be involved in cultural things, but it is not your God. And what we have now is because that void is there, we have a lot of people espousing political ideologies, both conservative and liberal, left and right, and they're believing in them for their own sake, but they don't have anything to actually base on. Like, okay, but why is that true? Why does that matter? Mm-hmm. And
0: you can't you can't yell about what your worldview is without being able to explain why you hold that worldview.
1: Yeah it's I think a lot of us too as children, we ask why a lot. Mm-hmm. but what is the parental response? We get so tired of it we're like, because I said so mm-hmm. you know we, we just want them to stop. And that's not actually all that helpful. like it's a good thing to ask why if you're not just being belligerent and we get that drilled out of us. And we're no longer curious, especially in
0: the Christian faith, because I think the answer, because people don't know, maybe even parents or Sunday school teachers or whatever, kids ask tough questions about our faith and why we believe what we believe. And one of the most popular answers is just have faith, which is Honestly, the, the crappiest answer you could have, because there is an explanation. There is an explanation for what we believe. So, if we're shouting what we believe, or, or lovingly speaking what we believe, but we have no, we have no basis of why we believe it, then why would anyone listen? It makes no sense. Yeah,
1: yeah. It ultimately has to be based in something. And for us, we believe that the absolute is God and His. Truth is revealed in his word, and we have a great ignorance of scripture, and then those often there are people teaching scripture, and but they're not actually teaching what is truly said, and that could be both uh, a liberal or conservative theology. You know, we lose sight. You You had in Jesus' day, you had Pharisees and Sadducees. You could say one was the conservative sect and one was the liberal sect, and both were wrong. Both... Were uh, what that um, that analogy of the blind man feeling the elephant and trying to figure out what it is, and people use this often to describe. Well, truth is relative, you know, and and each person has their truth, as we said earlier. Mm-hmm. And so they're feeling the elephant, and one's got the ear, and he's like, "Oh, it's paper," and one's got the tail, and he's going, "No, no, it's it's a it's a stick." No, and then one's got the legs, and he's saying, "No, it's a tree trunk. It's four four tree trunks," and. The, the thing is, is they're all wrong, every single one of them. None of them were right. N- none of them were actually saying the true thing. The only person who had the truth was the one who was outside of it all, observing, and, and who knew what they were actually doing and the mistakes they were making. And if you don't know what the truth is, if you aren't rooted in what is the outside observation or the one who has come in from outside, and that is Jesus, and revealed all truth, then... You are going to drift. You are going to be uh, vulnerable to people coming along, uh, charlatans, uh, well-intentioned people, evil people. All of them will lead you astray eventually because you don't have a compass. You don't have a map. You are just blindly following the blind.
0: So we know that we are supposed to be salt and light, having influence in culture like music and art and the instruction of our children. And we know that we're supposed to be in the world, but not of the world. How does this play out in practical application? So we know salt and light, that means we're having influence in the world, but not of the world means that we are going out there. We're talking about truth, but we're not responding in a way that a non-believer would respond. So when we're having conversations with people who don't believe what we believe, how are we responding? How are we having these conversations? scripture says, Jesus said, they will know that you're my disciples by your love. And I really think that that is probably the only thing right now that is going to help us stand out or be set apart from what's going on in the world, because there is an extreme lack of love when we're communicating with each other, when we're talking about our ideas, when we're discussing our worldview. So when when we're having these conversations, we need to Uh, We need to really focus on, okay, how would, would, not to like bring in the old adage, what would Jesus do? Because it's so cheesy, but it is true. How did the Lord respond on this earth to people who did not believe what he believed?
1: Well, he responded in grace. In fact, we see that with Jesus as he looks out, it says he looks over Jerusalem and weeps and he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You know, how I've longed to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you wouldn't have it. He has compassion on them for their lostness. He has compassion and concern for them. In fact, we see that from the Father himself, you know, sending us a Savior while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. We have to start from there. We have to actually get our hearts to align with that way of thinking and that way of even feeling and have that toward the world. And even those who we don't like, who we disagree with in their politics, you know what? The gospel is still more important, and their heart and soul are more important at this than their politics even at the moment. And I'm not saying politics aren't important. I do believe, as that salt and light, one of the things that Christians should do, be involved in those things. But don't make that the chief end you know don't make that the only thing that you see as important i think tons of people in politics declare a faith but then they don't really seem to believe it or live it out in a way that to me would demonstrate that they see the big picture that they see that oh oh glory of god is the most important a true saving faith you know so i think that that is a big part of aligning our hearts with with the right direction and submitting ourselves to that, but also just asking God to open our eyes. Like, have you ever felt that look or, or, or that heart for people as you looked upon them and, and said, how I've longed to gather you, or that you would have compassion on them and love them in their sin, and yet not uh, give them, uh, not condone their sin. And Christ in the same way, like He loves us as we are. We there's that song, "Come just as you are." And But a lot of people stay just as they are. And it's like, no, God is going to do a work. He he loves you and he will love you as you are. And he also loves you too much to leave Mm -hmm. you where you are. So he's going to be doing that work.
0: God is the inventor of truth and love. If we're going to be in the world, but not of it, if we're going to be salt and light, we can't speak truth without love because then it's not truth. And we can't be loving without speaking truth. They go hand in hand. It's utter
1: hypocrisy. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have a world of political parties and churches and stuff trying to do one or the other in those those mm-hmm. situations. And I believe that life is really held in tension between things. A lot of times people say balance, and I think there are times where maybe it's more of a balance thing. But more than that, it's like, it's like tension, like tuning a guitar string. We want to tune our hearts to the truth of the gospel, be so enriched and immersed in that. And And just let it flow out of us. You know, a lot of it is that, uh, ourselves included, we waste a lot of our time. You know, we, you could, I was literally thinking of this the other day, but, you know, when they talk in Rome, when Rome, right before it fell uh, and everything was actually going bad, they were doing the bread and circus thing. Everybody got free bread and they had the circuses. They had all of the things in the Colosseum all the time, every day, stuff to do. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, getting stimulus checks and um, getting to binge Netflix all day while you don't have a job, you know? It's like, well, ah well, this this'll at least distract me long enough. We have that. We we're guilty of that. We waste so much time. And none of us can say, oh, I just didn't have enough time, you know? It's like, no, you you had enough time to watch all ten seasons of that show that wasn't actually very wholesome or uplifting or glorifying to God. Uh, so we need to be immersing ourselves in the truth of the gospel. We need to be surrendering and asking the Lord to give us a heart for people, and that we would see them as sheep without a shepherd, that we would see them as as lost uh, sheep that, that the Lord loves and that he shed his blood for, and uh, let that inform us. But also, maybe even as important, is we need to be asking that we are filled with the Holy Spirit, because... Jesus says, you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. And he, in his prayer uh, in John, he talks about sending the helper, sending the Holy Spirit. Wait for the Holy Spirit, in fact. The book of Acts starts with them waiting, and they're just in an upper room. You know, they're praying and waiting. He said, don't do anything until the helper shows up. Mm We seem to think that that doesn't matter anymore, that we don't need the Holy Spirit's power. We can like, I can still go out there and get these things done.
0: I was picturing Momo unloading the dishwasher and um, she always asks you to lift her up so that she can put the glasses up in the top cabinet. And it's like, well, she put them up in the top cabinet, but she's not the one that lifted her up to get it there. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Like, really, it would be much easier for me to just put the glass there, but we want her to be able to... Be involved. You know, be involved. And fortunately, we serve a God who he never tires and weakens, uh, unlike us that are weak and tired uh, quite easily. So, yeah, guys, we hope that this was not too ranty for you. And, you know, we really wrestled over whether or not to even talk about this. We want to be able to talk politics on this show because we believe that it is part of life and it is part of the christian life in fact Uh, but also we know how charged things are right now and we want mostly to point you more than anything in fact to point you to jesus to point you to the gospel and have you surrender uh and and submit your life to that and then have that inform what you believe and Same for us. We want that. And if there are things that we are wrong, that we have concluded, we want and pray that the Lord would expose that to us. And you should pray the same, that your belief system is actually based in something true. Otherwise, you're just floating aimlessly in the cosmos, and whatever feels good to you is what is important. You guys, uh, finally, we just want to say... In John thirteen thirty-four, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. We want to charge you with that. Jesus gives them that. And it sounds funny because he's like, a, a, a new commandment I give to you. And yet, like I'm sure people were saying, Hey, love one another. But he's really saying is, Hey, you know, like those ten commandments, you know, the law and everything. It's all really fulfilled in this. In fact, Jesus says that. You he know?
0: didn't say, only love those who believe what you believe. Only love those who don't respond poorly to you on a social media post, or who do respond well to you in a social media post.
1: Yeah, Yeah, they will know that we are his followers, his disciples, by our love for one another. So go out there, have an informed opinion, but have it informed by the gospel, and be loving to everyone that you encounter. Win souls for the gospel by the power of the Holy Spirit. Love people by the power of the Holy Spirit and be gracious. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next time on the All of Life Show. And if you want to drop us a line, you can reach out on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash All of Life Show. You can also go to our website, www.alloflifeshow.com.
0: Or shoot us an email at feedback at alloflifeshow.com.
1: Thank you. We love you guys and we look forward to talking to you again.